You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Brilliant. Well, many of us have been reading through the book of Acts this week, and that's where we're going to head today for a few moments now. We're going to Acts chapter 16. It's going to be a brief message today. So if you would like to dig deep into this, then I want to signpost you to Dr. John Andrews. He preached on this, on the subject of praising God in the in the waiting back in January 2018. And you can hear that message in the podcast section on the online tab on our website. But here right now today, the title is this, Lessons for Leaving Lockdown. Now, boys and girls, you might want to draw a picture now while I'm talking for a little bit, or maybe you want to get some teddies or soft toys, and then you can act out the story while I'm talking. Now, I'm conscious not everybody here listening today will have been reading Acts, so here's a little bit of a catch-up. Since last week, we heard that the disciples, they'd, they'd been scattered, they were spreading the gospel, they were setting out, Paul and Barnabas set out from Jerusalem, deliberately going to places where people hadn't yet heard about Jesus. And they were going to tell people about what Jesus had done by dying on the cross and and being raised to life. Now, Paul and Barnabas had a little bit of a disagreement. And uh, so they they split up, actually. Barnabas traveled one way with John Mark, and then Paul ends up traveling on with Silas. And that's where we come to in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and his companions get some really clear guidance from God, really clear direction. They're trying to head one way. And it tells us in verse seven, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them. We don't get any more detail as to exactly what went on there, whether they like physically couldn't go or just really didn't have peace about it. I don't know. But we get told the spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them. And then during the night in verse nine, Paul has a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, it says, standing and begging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so they receive this guidance from God and they head in that direction and they end up in Philippi in Macedonia. And it's in Philippi that we get this account. We hear that there is a slave girl who has a spirit who can tell fortunes and her owners use her to earn them a lot of money by doing this for various people. And Paul and his companions find that she follows them day after day, shouting about them. And in the end, it becomes too much and they turn around and they command the spirit to come out of her, which it does. Now, it doesn't take long for the owners to realize that their hope of making money is now gone. It's over. And so they seize Paul and Silas and they drag them in front of the authorities, making accusations of them. They get the crowd involved, turning against Paul and Silas. And it ends up with Paul and Silas being stripped, being beaten, flogged, thrown in prison and their feet put in stocks. This is a very, very bad day. This is the worst of days for Paul and Silas. You know, Lockdown has been limiting for all of us, difficult on some days, but this, what these guys were facing was another level of limitation, restriction, all freedoms and comforts removed. So let's read what happens next. We're going to read from Acts chapter 16 and we're going to read verse 25 to 34. 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he'd come to believe in God, he and his whole household. This is God's word. Now, boys and girls, perhaps you might want to draw a picture of Paul and Silas in jail, or you could pretend to be Paul in jail and you could use your teddies or toys to be the others in the story. Now, I want us to notice today two things that are happening in this jail at midnight. First up, I want us to look at what Paul and Silas were doing, but then also what the other prisoners were doing. See, Paul and Silas, they're there at midnight and they are praying and singing hymns. Praying and worshipping at the end of what has been categorically the worst of days. We might expect something different, but there they are, praying and worshipping. You know, should we find ourselves in limitation, in restriction, with freedoms removed, either by our current circumstances or by any other challenge that might come our way, this is the way to respond right here. These guys, they were stripped, beaten, flogged, chained, and at midnight they are praying and worshipping. Prayer was their first thought, not their last resort. You know, when we respond like this, rather than getting or staying down and fed up, rather than becoming consumed with self-pity, which is kind of natural when things are really difficult. When we pray and when we worship, it reminds us that King Jesus is still on the throne, that he is still working to purpose, that he's still in control beyond the walls that seem to be enclosing us. When we pray and we worship, it reminds us of God's greatness, of his might and of his power, It shifts our perspective and it stirs our faith. When we pray and worship, it changes us. And I read an email from someone uh, at the weekend and they found last week such a struggle. They were just finding it really tough in lockdown. They were feeling guilty about their own responses. They knew that other people had harder situations than them and yet they still felt miserable and felt bad about feeling miserable. And then on Friday, they took some time for prayer and for praise. And they worked through the journey of May's prayer and praise, which you can find on our website, clicking on the prayer tab. It's there and it'll be there for the rest of the month. And they said this, they said, as I began to follow through the prayer and praise template in Psalm 23 and each of the suggested songs moved my perspective onto God. 
They said, I've listened to worship most days, but with this, it was like each song was really right for the moment. Each song reminded me and provided me with the words to try to describe how God is good in so many different ways. Praise him for his love, mercy, grace, favor, and faithfulness. Praise him for he is strong, mighty, holy, and in control. His love has conquered all even the darkness and struggle in my own mind. What a great testimony. But when we pray and when we worship, it changes us. But more than that, if we notice what the other prisoners were doing, it tells us the other prisoners were listening. They were not telling them to shut up. They were not shouting or trying to drown them out. They were listening. They were taking note of what the followers of Jesus were doing. In the place of limitation, when we pray and when we worship, it changes us, but it also impacts others as they listen. Now, you may not be aware of other people listening. You may not feel as though anyone is listening, but as we shared as a team this week, just talking together about things that have encouraged us, there was actually story after story of people listening. People who are not normally tuned in to what Christians are saying or to what the church is doing. There are people asking questions. There are people at tuning in to services. People who aren't yet followers of Jesus, but in this season, they're listening. It can be so powerful when we pray and we worship because it changes us and it impacts others. Back in the story, it seems that the praise and the worship of Paul and Silas didn't just change them and impact others, but it also brought about another change because we read in the story, there's a violent earthquake. The foundations are shaken, the doors fly open, chains are loosened. The prisoners are no longer restrained. They have the opportunity to get out and to flee. Of course, the jailer feared the worst and his job was just to keep them in there. And he assumed that they would be running. It's what most prisoners would do in that moment. But these prisoners, they didn't grasp the opportunity to leave lockdown and limitation, even in the intensity of their own personal, physical suffering. When the foundations were shaken, when the doors were open, when the chains were removed, then what followed rather than a dash for freedom? was a display of care for others. Paul called out to the jailer who was about to take his own life. Paul says, don't harm yourself, we're all here. Paul and Silas, they were looking beyond what they wanted, beyond what they needed. They were aware of what God was doing in the people around them. And so instead of making a dash for freedom, they displayed care for the jailer. And the jailer's response to what is unfolding in his jail that night was to fall down in front of Paul and Silas and to ask, what must I do to be saved? See, he saw the reality. He saw the difference. He saw the power that was at work in Paul and Silas. And he knew that he needed God. And so he says, what must I do to be saved? Maybe you're visiting us here today and you're asking the same question. Well, they answered him, you must believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. 
you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And we don't get told exactly what they said. Perhaps they were explaining the cross about Jesus's death and resurrection, that it was for the forgiveness of their sins to bring them back to God and to save them. Paul and Silas displayed care for the jailer instead of dashing for freedom. And, and what follows amazingly is a reciprocation of that care. The jailer washes their wounds. He cares for them. And then after being baptized, it says he feeds them. They set a meal before them. There is mutual care for one another expressed in this account. And I believe this can help us as we prepare to begin to leave lockdown, that this can be a key for us to welcome others in, to find the God that they need. Because they'll see us focus more on caring for others than dashing for our freedom. And I also believe we will find our own needs met as we do that. What follows in the account that we read today is joy. It says the jailer was filled with joy and there was joy not because his life was saved, not because uh, the prisoners hadn't escaped and not because he'd, he'd got away with it. And there was joy not because Paul and Silas had got free, even though if we read to the end of the chapter, we hear that they do actually get free. There was joy, it says, because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. True joy comes from believing in and coming home to God. I believe there's some lessons here for us as we take a step in the journey of leaving lockdown. Where we still face restriction, which many of us will in many ways still, let's keep praying and let's keep singing our worship because it will change us and it will impact others. As restrictions begin to get lifted, let's not just make a personal dash for freedom but let's display our care for others. And let's continue to pray that in our families, amongst our friends, in our neighbors, in our colleagues, that yet they might rightly find relief at freedom, but that they might find joy because they come to believe in God and find their way home to be saved by Him. The same God who shook the foundations of that jail, is at work today, working through the prayers and the worship and the care of his followers. That's you and me. Working through us to show the world around us that he's real, that he is alive, that he is loving, that he is in the business of saving and that he brings joy. So as I come to a close, I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, would you help us? Help us in limitation to raise our voices in praise and in worship that will change our hearts and also will impact others. Would you help us even as lockdown might begin to be eased, not to focus on our own need for freedom, but help us to care for others in this time. And we pray, Lord, that as the foundations of our society are shaken, please will you continue to be at work. Use us to help people find true joy as they come to believe in you and come home to you. Be at work in us and through us, we pray. Amen.